but you know i've been i've been in so many random settings where i've just said do you shop online yeah you know with with anyone and such as give me on uh, nice random someone that was showing me an office space in in rama nine area okay you know we just got chatting and i said do you shop online oh yeah yeah yeah." i buy my kind of makeup products and stuff okay Uh, and i was like right here's a way that you can save money and And then then did she use it or yeah 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 yeah. i mean nearly all of them join up because it just you know once they understand the concept it's it's a no-brainer Welcome to Brood in Bangkok, the podcast about the people you meet in the city that makes a hard man crumble. Hello, everyone. This is Siddhant. We just want to be challenged. It doesn't always work out that way. It's never that easy. But we want to take the opportunities that we get and maximize them, learn from them, grow. Growing itself is a very misconstrued principle i think it's obvious when you really think about it but growth is painful sometimes you have to go through adversity to gain something and adversity also comes in all kinds of levels but in a country like thailand people paint the picture of it as a wanderlust paradise where young people come and take a break and recharge and have fun but ultimately leave but do they leave with something Or do they just stay and sort of indulge themselves? Sometimes it's a mix of both. But the other times, it can be a really good growing opportunity. Our next guest came through Thailand for about 18 months and worked here for a while and really gained a few things, which he took back and applied to his career in subtle ways, I think. See if you can discern them for yourself and see if you agree with me. But I think that Success had given him, has given him the opportunity to come back and do something new over here. And I think it's a pretty interesting way of looking at his journey so far. I started in West London till I was okay. about 13. And then, yeah, moved to a place called Slough, which is kind of near, oh, yeah. near Windsor. And, right, right. That's yeah. where the office is set, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Nice. Yeah, a nice picture of the old bus station. But it's all been regenerated now. Uh, oh, yeah. So it looks a bit nicer now. You think the office had an effect on that at all? Or just generally they had, put the money together and actually did something nice yeah, for the well, town? Maybe, maybe. I mean, yeah. they've been talking about it for years. So it's finally kind of happened. It looks a bit nicer than, than it did before anyway. Okay. Well, that's good. Great. So when, when did you start with uh, you know marketing getting stuff going for yourself uh, was it right after university or did you do some internships or yeah so when i finished university i worked for a company called game which is the right. video games retailer yeah yeah i remember game i when i used, lived in the uk i was a member of game and i used to buy games from there all the time and yeah i started yeah. there as a as a marketing analyst um just okay. looking into the data and that kind of evolved that role evolved into looking after the online channel basically which is quite small at that time yeah can imagine um and they were running two brands at the same time uh electronics boutique and game and then over the course of two years after being there they merged into one brand right so it's more of a kind of unified role to promote just that one brand okay so like marketing analytics would it be fair to say that's where you sort of started out 
and then moved into online marketing yeah i mean i the analytics part was always there as part of the role but it evolved quite quickly yeah. because they needed someone to look after other channels as well right so they need someone to look after trade marketing some of the deals that they had with like AOL and MSN at the time some of the tenancy deals and also they were just getting into affiliate marketing so uh, affiliate marketing is probably the sort of backbone of how I've evolved to where I am now um, that particular channel of marketing um, as all my roles my work has been okay focused around affiliate marketing so i'm sure you've gotten this question before but if you had to break down affiliate marketing into a couple of easy sentences how would you describe affiliate marketing well affiliate marketing is basically bringing in publishers so people who want to push and talk about products and services and the advertisers as well who want to sell more so it's bringing those together and being able to track that okay. um, and being able to award you know uh commissions or rewards based on that performance okay so uh, how was that in the beginning because this is clearly the beginning of this thing which is now it's so it, it's actually quite run of the mill it's almost a household term for a lot of people like a lot of people do small businesses as affiliate marketers or affiliate shops or affiliate stores so what was it like in the beginning when this infrastructure as it stands right now didn't exist yeah i think it always existed it just wasn't Uh, as advanced and it wasn't given its term but you know if someone if someone helps to sell something for you you want to reward them in some way and that's yeah. that's the essence of it and it it evolved firstly mainly through industries such as travel and finance where companies wanted to drive more applications or they wanted to drive more flights or holidays whatever that might be and then reward people who had generate the sale for them so that's kind of where it really started out and then evolved into other into other kind of industries and and moved specifically into retail which which grew really quickly okay that's that's pretty interesting in its own way how long were you at game how long five years five years yeah. okay so what were the some of the highlights for you over there like what would you say that you know you really happy you worked on yeah funnily enough uh the highlights weren't playing games <laughs> which, yeah which, i was going to uh, get to that yeah yeah, yeah which quite, uh, which you kind jealous of, of that yeah which yeah. you guess but working i guess working for a company in a particular industry i guess you think that you get freebies and um or you you get to play games all the time it wasn't really like that even though you did get the opportunity and we had good relationships with the suppliers as well so you know there was always the opportunity to get you know a promotional copy of a of yeah. a game that you can take home and just play yeah that's uh, awesome yourself, yeah. which is which yeah. is pretty cool but in terms of my role there and how it evolved like i said it started as an analyst really but yeah worked on managing their main channels so like i said the some of the big tenancy deals that they did at the time uh with like AOL um, okay. and MSN who were like the giants at the time right at, in terms of portals uh launched their first affiliate program as well so that was good for me because affiliate marketing was brand new to me as well so it was a learning curve for me right. um but it was a nice achievement to be able to you know successfully launch it and grow it um so that you know it ended up doing a, a, a decent percent of the overall online sales which is good okay that's pretty cool i mean i would have totally taken as many promotional copies <laughs> as i could yeah yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. so then what prompted you to sort of move out of game then what was the next thing in your mind 
I mean, I've been working there five years. I wanted, yeah. I wanted a break. So, um, so actually I came to Thailand just to have a traveling break, really. Okay. Um, That's how it always starts, right? Always yeah. starts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so what year would that be? That, what year? Yeah. That was 2005. Okay. So I came over here. I traveled everywhere, all over the place. And literally two weeks before I was due to come back, I just, I was just browsing the local newspaper in Phuket, actually. Okay. Uh, and, and a job appeared there and I, I thought, well, you know, I haven't got any plans, so let's just apply anyway and, and see. It was like an e-commerce marketing, uh, marketing okay. role. And yeah, got called in for an interview and, and they offered me the job. So that was quick. That was quite random. Yeah. Really random. Yeah. So I mean, first of all, I don't know how many people read local <laughs> newspapers on holiday. Yeah. So <laughs> kudos to you for that yeah. habit over there. Yeah. But uh, what, what was this job then? What would you say caught your eye about it so it was actually a startup as well um okay. based in phuket and they they were like an ebay kind of power seller um so they were doing most of their business through ebay they had okay. their own site as well so they're, they're like a power sellers like a really large shop front on ebay yeah exactly say. they were selling um like women's kind of women's fashion okay um, mainly to us customers so they had the factory in india but they had the operation here in here in phuket right so even though it was an e-commerce marketing role, I kind of got stuck into everything because it was such a small company. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, how startups are. Yeah, and, you, and you, you know, you, you'd all find... All hands on deck, right? Yeah, yeah, you find one day, you know, most of your time is dealing with customer service issues, you know, helping out there. And the next yeah. day it's, you know, working on deals or promotions or, you okay. know... But I'm guessing, uh, was it all Thai staff or just and just you or... No, no, there was only a couple of Thai staff and there was about five or six international kind of, yeah international so what what was the what was the breakup were they all like from one place or, or is there everyone from the uk or how did that work out funnily enough there was three of us from the uk okay uh, and there's two from canada okay well. and the actually the owner was canada uh, okay it was canadian, canadian yeah. yeah exactly oh okay so yeah how did that go how, how did like five sort of expats and two thai people manager company in phuket like that there must have been quite a few hilarious stories yeah i mean it was it, it was good i don't know that there's i can't think of any hilarious stories <laughs> yeah. um but it was it was a really unique experience working yeah. in a startup in a completely new country yeah because i'd worked in the uk all my yeah. life yeah it, it was kind of it was a great experience yeah um it was challenging a bit as well because yeah. it was six days a week so okay yeah that's tough. um it, it kind of takes the glamour off working there a little bit because you know you have that one day off and you you're undecided what you do yeah. do you have a lion do you do all yeah. the domestic stuff that you, you that's been building be, up over yeah, the week yeah do you go to the beach which yeah. is literally like two minutes on the bike yeah on the road you know but you can never go to the beach <laughs> when you're in the office yeah, yeah of that, course, that of must course. be that must have been torture in itself yeah because you're you know, you, you, there's a massive glass window that you're looking out of and you've got this tropical surrounding. Oh. And then by the time you finish, it's dark anyway. Man, uh, so. man, that sounds like a bit of a prison. In a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a torture yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. but still a great experience. And, okay. and just being in that startup environment was, was right. quite unique, quite cool. But you didn't see it as a risk because it seems like you've kind of built something up for yourself in the UK and you, know, you could have gone back and gotten a pretty decent pick of jobs i'm guessing and because you were doing something specialized and you were on the cusp of something quite different and yeah affiliate marketing really took off after a while and you kind of took some time away from it was it the marketing that sort of drove you away or did you just 
get pulled into this whole thing i mean for me if if there's opportunities out there i just i, I tend to take them i do a quick risk versus reward calculation and okay <laughs> and um, so what on, on everything say? that i do yeah just yeah. balance it up and yeah and just take any opportunity that comes up or anything that i think of doing if it makes sense then i'll you know i, I just like to do it okay um, so what was the risk reward for phuket i guess not really it's either risk reward advantages disadvantages yeah right? yeah so, so what what factored into the decision making yeah i mean uh, advantages was obviously a whole new experience and a new yeah. country having that that whole different environment getting some experience in a startup all those kind of things and there was the downsides like you know being miles away from family and friends uh, right starting a whole new sort of social network yeah um a little bit also remote from even like big city life in a way yeah exactly because game was in london i'm guessing it, it was on the outskirts yeah. it was on the outskirts okay. um but still it was a you know it was a big company and you're yeah. surrounded by a lot of people yeah um, yeah so it's, to it's, go from that to yeah phuket yeah it was <laughs> not known for its business environs no you know? no exactly especially not in 2005 yeah. even today <laughs> i'd be like okay they have a few startups over there nowadays yeah it's grown into more than just a holiday destination but phuket in 2005 i can't imagine it being anything but guys like jet skiing yeah and that's the thing because it yeah. was like you said yeah. because there was so little opportunities work-wise out there yeah the fact that i I saw it and acted on it and actually got offered the role there I was like you know I'd be mad to turn it down why you know let's just just go for it and see where that where that takes me okay so aside from the nitty-gritties of startup life what uh, what really was a good change for you in terms of Phuket like what did Phuket give you that you didn't have before you came there it's a good question and one I can't really think of an answer directly I mean if you look at it it is your first sort of place where you really embrace Thai culture like not on vacation but like you you got like a lot of people come to Bangkok and start out yeah yeah and and you start out from Phuket so what yeah, did I you mean, see that was different? actually yeah, that's a, that's a good point too yeah it really made me understand how much I like the place I think okay. um you know hence where we are now yeah but yeah just being somewhere completely different in another culture country you know climate food wise everything about it was very very different but still appealed to me massively right um so it kind of i guess it just cemented that that feeling that you know maybe one day i would be i would be back here doing something okay so the seed was definitely planted at this time yeah. for you yeah and how about like generally working life in phuket because i have no idea how that would work i mean were there you know over here it's like oh we're done but let's go to a networking event on the weekend or or uh, let's uh, do a team building exercise and go drinking or whatever like there's a lot, or you can go to places in sathon which are where all the other office workers congregate and talk about stuff what kind of stuff was happening in phuket for you like what did working people in phuket do Well that's the thing there wasn't too many. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't too many oh, at all. So it must there was like a tiny secret club in a way. Not I mean not even that. I mean yeah. as a as a small team we yeah. used to go out for lunch together and things like that every now and then go out you know after work. But yeah I mean uh, completely different to working in a city and that everyone tended to sort of go home and do their own thing and ha- everyone had their own kind of circle of friends I guess. So Yeah. 
compared to like uh, somewhere where you're surrounded by workers and there's events for workers and things and networking events and stuff like that. Yeah. You just didn't get that at that time at all. Um, right. So it, yeah, it, it was just literally, you know, you would go out a couple of times or you'd certainly spend lunch with, with your team, team members. But yeah, the, the, the day to day, you know, you'd, you'd go off, do your own thing. and Okay. All right. So how did you pass the time then by yourself? Well, like I said, most of yeah. it was working, right? Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it, was, uh, it, it was six days there. Yeah. So did you manage to pick up some tie at that point? or did you... uh, Very little bit, very little okay. bit. Um, it was kind of something that I, that I wanted to do, but again, just time wasn't on my side, really. Right. So, you know, I, I didn't do too much, really. I mean, if I wanted to go out and see friends, you know, I could do that after work. Like I said, the Sundays would usually yeah. be spent if I could get down the beach yeah. um, and just have a bit of relaxing time. So right. it was just quite a chilled out lifestyle. Right. Um, so how long were you there for then all in all? Just under a year and a half. Okay. Um, but so I then, worked, I worked for about a year. Okay. There. Right. Yeah. Right. So you finished work and then you hung around for a little bit longer and then you went back to the UK. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So what called you back to the UK then? The whole sort of six days thing, I think, just took its toll after all. I think that's probably yeah. the main reason why I decided to, to move on. Yeah. And what you touched on before in terms of taking a break away from the industry, I kind of realized that I needed to go know, back, keep, keep in touch, yeah. keep in touch with, yeah. you know, where my skills were in terms of hoping to build those up a bit more. Yeah. So, um, so I, yeah, I came back, I came back to the UK and, and, you know, decided to focus on, affiliate marketing which was still a quite an exciting time in terms of its growth okay so what was the next step in your affiliate marketing career then what was the next big yeah so i managed to secure a role uh, as an account manager at a company called linkshare which was linkshare yeah, okay is an affiliate network that had just recently uh well i say recently a year before it had been purchased by a company called rakuten yeah um yeah. kind of this like japanese juggernaut yeah yeah uh, of of services so it was very much link share at that time. I mean, nobody knew Rakuten at all. Um, they had to explain who Rakuten was to me in the interview, right? Because, okay. uh, you know, I just, no, no yeah. one's, no and one's. And you, you were even further away from everything yeah. at that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I started there as an account manager. And the really cool thing was that they just launched the UK office six months prior to me starting. Okay. So there was only four people there in that office. Right. So... I've been like randomly working in startup environments throughout just, I don't know how I've managed to uh, secure jobs where they've all been startup environments, including yeah. at game as well, because yeah, game was smaller then I'm guessing, but, yeah. but the, the web guys, as we were known, yeah. uh, the online department, yeah, was tiny as well. There was sort of six of us and, you know, we were in that corner that no one visited us no one knew oh, what we did yeah. you know <laughs> those weird guys <laughs> yeah, in the corner yeah. over there exactly. talking about web and fantastic futures yeah. that have never come to pass right and yeah. and you know i'm like well i'm just a marketing guy you know yeah um, <laughs> but obviously over time that that evolved and yeah. that got really well and that was actually that was part of my role was trying to integrate the departments a bit better right. especially on the marketing front and getting more focus for the buying team to start pushing us as a as a viable advertising platform for the suppliers. Sure, yeah. So yeah, that was a startup, and then the startup in Phuket, and then the startup environment yeah. in London. There's, there is a pattern there, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, just don't like the corporate culture. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Well, it's not that I don't like it. I just think it's 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 just a different way of working. When it you, is when yeah. you're a startup, everyone can just chip in and work together, and I think that's quite a nice environment. Right. Um. But yeah, it was it was good. There was four of us, but obviously we were supported by this, you know, yeah. by the giant in the US, which is where the headquarters were, okay. and then there's bigger giant that owned in Japan. That giant, yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's like Godzilla's in Japan, and yeah. you guys were like <laughs> yeah. the first. You know, large sharks yeah, coming into the water. Exactly. Okay. So, so what was LinkShare about? What was that? So, LinkShare was an affiliate network okay. um, that had most of its business out in the US. And like I said, wanted to wanted to grow in the UK. Um, wanted to launch and grow. Like I said, they were a network which basically is a platform that brings advertisers and publishers together. So, the okay. publishers are the guys that are promoting the advertisers and are getting reward based on them driving sales or you know applications whatever it might be okay there's a reward and and, and linkshare linkshare supplied the technology to be able to track all of that all of that behavior right. online so the, it's sort of one of those uh, pieces of infrastructure being put into the digital marketing environment and one of the major things that digital marketing is purportedly more useful than conventional marketing at is tracking yes. and real data yeah and you can actually approximate much better what things have led to conversion of actual you know interested people into sales and would you say linkshare was a very big part of this in its own way at least in this field of it yeah i mean like you said being able to track being able to measure accurately is is a massive tool for marketers right because you yeah. can just act on that information and become smarter yeah in in, in what you do so yeah you know, you can look at publishers, you can look at groups of publishers, you can see who's doing well, who's not, who's driving sales and who isn't. And, you know, then you can build strategies to 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 get these publishers to start pushing the advertisers in different ways based on the information that you already have. Okay. So you weren't building the actual products, but you were promoting them to the affiliate networks or how was that? Yeah, how- kind of. So like I said, Linkshare is kind of like the middle, the middle man in this. These three stakeholders: yeah. publisher, advertisers, and the network. Okay. So our role really was as a sales team to recruit the advertisers to come and work with us. And then what we, what our role was as a account management team, mm. was to drive as many sales as possible for those advertisers through the partnerships with publishers. Okay. And uh, did you go over to Japan or the US at all? To meet up with the yeah, went to the US. Uh, I think five or six times over okay. my time being there. So that was great. Big team okay. over there. So that's the Rakuten USA team. The link, well, Linkshare as it was at Linkshare yeah. USA. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but okay. didn't yeah didn't make Tokyo. Although they they invite employees once a year to an event. Okay, um, that they do over there, and that's that's really cool. Okay, so how 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 long were you at Linkshare for then? In the end. That was for eight years. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, exactly eight years. So eight years—that's a—that's a hefty chunk of time. And what? How? What kept you around? I mean, aside from the work itself, did you see some something that you thought would sort of materialize for you? Yeah, I mean, I there was there was opportunities to grow there, which is which is great. Okay. Um, so I started as an account manager. When I left, I was one of the directors that was managing half of the account management team at that time. So it was. Again, a really good experience because we started off with just four people in a highly competitive market space uh, okay. and just working together and, and building up 
that network to become one okay. of the top networks in the UK was was really cool. How many people were in the company by the end of it, by the time you left? The whole UK office was about 60. 60. Oh, six zero. Yeah, six wow. zero. Okay, yeah. so from what the top five, it came <laughs> yeah. up to 60, huh? Yeah, so that was really cool. I mean, you, you had to deal with the growing pains as well of moving from a startup into more of a corporate environment, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So that's why it's such a good learning experience for me because you can see things that are working well, processes that are changing, all okay. that kind of stuff, and and it is it is good it is good exposure to 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 get that yeah. which hopefully I can use. You know, at, I'm, at I'm sure it also helped you uh, as a manager. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't managed people before um, I started here, so that was a another new learning experience and right so how many people did you end up having in your team before you had to leave there was um it was around 10 at the time okay so it's a fairly yeah. sizable team yeah account account managers and senior managers um okay so you were a director of accounts or uh, sorry uh, client services client services yeah. okay yeah okay so that's a pretty good position and eight years and you'd probably be pretty set if you stuck around so what happened I just, I, I felt that I wasn't learning anymore. Um, okay. When, when, you, when you get to that point, you know, it's definitely time to move on, right? To, right. To get a new experience. Right. Um, not a lot of people would, not everybody would agree with you, but. No, okay. no, yeah. no. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's just my personal view. And yeah. for me, eight years is, is quite a long time to be in the same company. And right. there's, there's just so much more opportunity out there. Right. That I got to the point where, you know, I was experience wise, I was, I was pretty much set in terms of yeah hopefully being able to move so, on and do something so like at this to. point the work was more about efficiency and repetition and then you wanted to try something new again yeah i mean the company was moving in some good direction as they'd acquired a couple of companies one a data company and one um a behavioral retargeting company so they were doing some pretty Ooh, cool that stuff. sounds interesting how does that work yeah well if if you if you've ever seen those ads that follow you around after you've been on a particular site oh so they're, that's what they did that's the what ones. it's called what is it called again data behavioral Beha- retargeting yeah. Beha- behavioral retargeting yeah yeah uh, that i won't lie that sounds pretty <laughs> scary yeah <laughs> it's yeah yeah i mean that's that that was another very 1984 yeah it was another yeah. it was another good revenue driving business for for companies like like agencies and and networks right because yeah. It complemented, kind of complemented the business um, in terms of what they were doing already. Okay. Uh, as an affiliate network, you're still working with the advertisers to drive sales. What you're doing is you're you're applying, you're just applying a different technology to try and drive more sales. For okay. The advertisers. Okay. So you saw all this stuff and you're like, okay, it's not working out now. I'm not learning enough. So then what happened? Did you then just pick up stuff and come directly to Bangkok, or was there something in the middle? So, so when I when when I went to Phuket before, um, not sure what I wanted to do. Well, my wife now she's originally from Thailand as well. Okay. Um, so you know we'd been working in London eight years. Okay. And just felt we needed a bit of a change. Okay. Um, so mainly she, driven by she, me. To be you honest, met her in London, not in Phuket. In Phuket. You Phuket. met her in Phuket. Yes. And then she came to London. Yes. Uh, yeah. th- like through like she found a job and yep. it all worked out yeah exactly wow, okay um, cool. so, so that was another interesting experience in terms of um, so that means in these eight years you also probably came to thailand a bunch yes yeah. right let's so we talk would, about we, that yeah we would come yeah. back and obviously see the family and and see friends that we'd made here 
okay. as well. And that was probably, you know, once a year that would, that would happen. Okay. Guessing around winter time. <laughs> yes, mainly, mainly <laughs> November, yeah. October, November when it started getting really cold. Yeah, right. that's the best and time to come. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So then did you guys get married that, that and in London or did you get married here in Bangkok? We had a registry marriage in uh in london okay um but we had the main the main wedding here okay. uh, in in our hometown up in the north of thailand okay so that was that was really cool i managed to get um i think 25 odd family and friends to come along nice which yeah. which is really nice really nice because okay. it's such a big commitment for a wedding right to come, yeah. come yeah. away to thailand but it but it was a great event it was a really nice time uh, okay. to get everyone together nice so you married everything was done and then now it's time to come back back to thailand yeah i think i just always had this this feeling that i wanted to do something here right i think after that our last holiday here in thailand i just came back and i just knew the time was right no it just it was just it just felt right yeah i said you know i'm gonna obviously i'm gonna gonna leave what we're doing and Let's give it a go in Thailand and see what see what happens. Okay. So would you say then you were starting to look at the business environment here and yeah. just looking for little opportunities, maybe reading the local paper again, you know? <laughs> well yeah, the not, off chance. That was I think that was that, like Phuket Gazette or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wasn't reading that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean probably like I said, when I got back I got back from holiday in December sometime, um, of 2014 december yeah and okay. um yeah when i got back i knew that i wanted to move on um, and that's when i started doing you know a bit of research and having a look at southeast asia as a market and where it was and what opportunity that there was and things like that yeah i mean 2005 to 2015 is it's a pretty big long time i think even personally when i used to come here when i was a child as a to vacate for, for vacations around that time as well Things were shaping up, you could see that, but it was nowhere near the kind of infrastructure and quality of life there is now. Yeah, completely you, different. Yeah. When when do you feel like that jump happened for you personally? We're like, wow, look, this is a real city now with uh, with all the trappings of, you know, globalized life. I think I think it was when I came here to seek out the opportunity of of doing something. I don't yeah. we we'd never really spent that much time in Bangkok. So right. always be because nobody's a, from Bangkok, right? Yeah, like, and it, it was always a transit sort of place for us to to go other places. So we would all, only spend maybe two, three days here, and you never yeah. really get to, you know, see the a city properly in, yeah. in such a short space of time. But you kind of see things that were happening. You know, you were seeing condominium, yeah, uh, the buildings boom. everywhere yeah. uh, being built. Transportation was looked like it was getting a bit better. Yeah, to the sky train. I mean, the underground. nobody wanted this traffic ever. So no, no, no. I think a lot of people would have pro- probably not moved anyway, even if they had the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but then with the sky train and the MRT, I think a lot of people changed their minds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, I, at the time, I wouldn't dream of taking a a motorbike taxi. I mean, I just they scared me when I was yeah. when I was here just for a couple of days. But now it's a regular occurrence for me. Yeah, it's the, it's the only way you can get around. Yeah, yeah. And they're really good. They're cheap. They're fast, and you know. Just gets you to where you need to be. There you go. Motorcycle taxis. Mm. The necessary evil. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I'm going to call <laughs> it the necessary evil. I, I'm still scared of them, to be honest with you. I had a friend the other day. Um, he was dating this Thai girl and she was going home from a bar one night. 
and uh, yeah she's like oh, i'm too drunk i'm just going to take a taxi and go home and motorcycle the taxi guy was there and she hailed him and said okay let's go and yeah they got into a, they got into a little bit of a scrape and she kind of fell off the bike and scraped her arm and turns out the motorcycle taxi guy was drunk oh no yeah <laughs> like, how do you check for that now yeah. you know so yeah. yeah be warned the motorcycle taxis are not that much better than dr- drinking and driving in yeah, some yeah. cases you know i mean i tend to kind of use the hailing apps anyway for, yeah for getting around because exactly well yeah but that's exactly what i mean stuff like that now is yeah uh, that's a really good example actually yeah yeah of, of the evolution of kind of transport here and exactly so 2014-15 moved to Bangkok not 15, Phuket yeah. not anywhere else Bangkok. Bangkok yeah okay and uh, what was the first idea that you had like what do, what were you planning to do so I looked at kind of what I thought would be the the most logical first step would be to look for employment right yeah um, with a company here because I hadn't decided in my mind that I wanted to do something myself it was more about coming here and you know having that experience of working in a different city completely for a company but you know within within a week or so it it became really apparent that the opportunities for foreigners to get work here is is quite scarce i think if you want to get a job in within a company it tends to have to be like a an international or multinational company yeah um, that, some some would like most cases that would yeah that that kind of have that expat package right that yeah that bring yeah. you on board and and give you everything yeah. that you but then it's, it's also because i feel like also you are at a different management or sort of a different tier at this point in your career yeah i mean it's different for somebody like me who's starting uh starting in the middle yeah you know i'm in a middle management sort of situation right now or a middle tier job so i guess it's more hard at the top right it'd be more yeah and it's more and I'd kind of move myself into more of a niche as well. I had overall marketing experience, online marketing experience, but I'd really sort of honed in on the affiliate marketing right. um, itself and there wasn't any major affiliate marketing stuff going no, on. No, it was it was tiny. Okay. Uh, it, it still is I think here at okay. the moment. But okay. um so so that kind of made me think okay, well what opportunities are there out here for something that's around affiliate marketing that I could do myself? that's when i really started digging into research and understanding where the opportunities were per country really okay with thailand as a focus right so what did you come up with after all the research so um i was looking at kind of the uh, me being a publisher right and then right. and what uh, what does what, that entail like what does it entail mean what does it mean to be a publisher it just means that you're you know your your functional your your role is to help promote and drive traffic and sales for the companies that you promote on your site and as a publisher there's i mean there's all types of publishers there's you could be a blogger or yeah. you could be someone that writes content yeah, uh, yeah that is recommending places to stay or recommending mm. um products based on a, you know a specialism like electronics or something like that it, yeah you know you could be someone who's got 30,000 likes on Facebook and kind of people listen to you and yeah. you become you know you're uh, basically an influencer yeah I see, I see this a lot now mm. actually with that when I consume content especially uh, the YouTube stuff that I like to I like to watch certain people's channels and they yeah. have uh, some of them review sneakers some of them are, one guy's actually what he does is 
he makes fun of other people on YouTube who do fitness oh, and right, do it right. badly. <laughs> and he's like a very like old school, go to the gym, bench press, do squats kind of guy. And yep. he makes fun of CrossFit and everybody and people love it. He's right. like a huge troll. And he has an Amazon affiliate store where he like yeah, sells exactly. t-shirts yeah. that he, he's made or... Or like the two, three bodybuilding supplements that he likes. He's like, oh, buy it from my shop for like 10% off. Yeah. So would he, that would be a publisher then, you would say? Um, I mean, if he sells his own stuff, then he's essentially, he's a he's an advertiser, hasn't he? He's got, kind of moved over. So he yeah, built, like it's his brand. Face up. Yeah. yeah. But if he, if he had, let's say if he had a website, which he was directing people to, where he was promoting Amazon products, not not his own, but yeah. Amazon yeah, products. Yeah, like it's an store. Amazon shop front that he has. Exactly. Yeah. And people were clicking for him purchasing, then he would be making money from that. And that, right. would be, that would be a typical publishing model. Do you think there's a real reasonable opportunity for regular people to become affiliate marketers, like on their own scale, like just make a few extra thousand baht a month? And- yeah, for sure. It's all about having kind of a passion in in something that you do so you know someone might be a massive advocate and fan of i don't know ice hockey for example sure yeah. and that's where they know everything about ice hockey then all the players uh they know the fixtures they know the equipment everything about it yeah and you know having that experience if if you can find a way to utilize and push out that experience and have people listen to what you say so you're providing value in some way then of course there's opportunity to monetize that as well, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So I think, especially here, actually, social mm. media is such a such a big thing. Yeah. Um, People follow the individual. A lot, yeah, yeah. A lot more now. Yeah. Across exactly. the world, to be honest. Um, yeah. And and you know, someone who's maybe a specialist in in fashion or, you know, talks talks about health and beauty products or reviews things or you know, yeah, is kind yeah. of an authority. Yeah, for sure. There's opportunity to monetize that. That's that they get. Well, that's a good idea for the listener out there. If you are uh, an authority and ha- you've been getting people to listen to you on a variety of products or specific products, yeah. there's a chance you could make some money off of that. Oh, and it's sure. not even as uh, uh, capitalist and greedy as it sounds. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's simply linking to, to, to products or services that you recommend as a you know as a as a publisher okay so what did you what did you end up doing finally after looking at all of this okay so just going back to what i was saying looking at the different models um you know there's and and to answer your question more about types of publishers yeah there's you know the content blogger side yeah there's price comparison sites where people go on and they check the cheapest product um and click through there's some of the technology type type people that you know, I mentioned behavioral retargeting and that kind of stuff. Right, yeah. It's pretty cool. There's um, sites that try to in- incentivize sales through coupons, discounts, like coupon sites and stuff. And then there's cashback sites as well, right? Which, okay. Which um, give you a reward based on what you buy, uh, give okay. a percent back. So at the time, I kind of focused in on cashback sites because there was none here doing what yeah. is pretty common in the UK and US sure. and other places. So that was it. It just suddenly, it, it clicked for me. I was like, right, cashback site, let's get going. Let's get something up. Get you did one of your patented quick risk rewards. I did, yeah. I did. All yeah, right. and it yes. worked out well. So <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so it, was, so it was good to go. Yeah. All right. So brass tax, what is cashback? 
I think most people are familiar with the concept of cashback. Right? Yeah, it's, it's like a credit card thing. Usually. It, yeah, it's yeah. essentially you 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 pay for goods or services and you get a percent back of what you spend. Okay. Um, and it's not necessarily instantaneous. But the great thing with cashback sites is that there's there's kind of no limit on what you can what you can earn. So every time you shop online, if you go via a cashback site, um, you can build up quite a nice amount of amount of money and i was doing this myself in the uk and over like seven eight years i was okay using one of the top cashback sites in the uk and i in terms of thai bar i guess i i, I earned about fifty thousand baht something like that oh wow just by clicking through for that those site. for that period of time yeah like okay. so it's essentially getting paid to shop right right and there's no for for someone who's a member there's no risk whatsoever you know you either decide to do it or you don't it yeah. takes an extra couple of clicks and okay. that's it. So essentially cashback is a transaction that you make and get a tiny portion of the transaction back. Yeah, it could cash. be tiny, it could be pretty decent. I mean it, okay. it could range. So what, from, what is pretty decent? Like, so it could it could start at maybe one percent, right? And right. go up all the way to fifteen, twenty percent. Oh that, you can have those? Those are the cashback. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's out there. It's not as common. I would say the average is about five to seven percent. Okay. Um and obviously that depends on the type of product or service. Right. Travel hotels is probably like between five and ten percent, I would say. Okay. Um, but you know, booking a flight, for example, is probably half a percent to one percent. You know, the, just the margins are not there for them to be able to give that amount of money. Okay. So then, uh, how does this work now? So you've decided, okay, I want to create a cashback site. That sounds like something that nobody has a license for in Thailand. So how did you tell the authorities what you were <laughs> going to end up doing? Like, I feel like that's a. <laughs> it sounds tricky. I mean, you don't really need a license okay. as such, okay. um, unless I've misunderstood the question. But um, okay, you don't need any license. No, any specific, no, okay. no. You All just right. obviously you you know you set up a company. Yeah. Um, you get a work permit. You, um, which is a bit that process is not the easiest process. No, it never uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> in especially here, there's a lot of paperwork. Yeah. A lot of paperwork. Oh my god. But it was a bit easier for me, I guess, because I because I was married to a Thai national, yeah. um, you know, it's quite easier for me to get a work permit and a company set up okay. um, in that way. So it wasn't, that wasn't too much of a barrier. And, you know, you don't, you don't have to tell anyone what you're doing. You just yeah. have to tell them what you're earning, right? And right. how much yeah. tax you have to pay. Okay, sure. And, uh, I'm, I, that's not the first time <laughs> I've heard that explanation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so how did it begin? Like what, what was the first few things you put up on there? Is it, is it like just a shop front? with the cashback put in or do you have you know does it go somewhere else so yeah i mean so in terms of the the business model itself for, for anyone that's wondering you know how does it work essentially as a publisher like i said i'm i'm driving sales for the advertisers that i've got on my on my platform and if people that come from my site uh that visit the the store if they do make a purchase that gets tracked and, yeah. and the advertiser pays me a commission for that sale right right but what i do is i give most of that back to you as a member right um, as a uh you know as a reward as a thank you for shopping via my site okay and i keep a small part myself i keep okay. a small part so that's so, kind of the business model so the cashback will be like five percent on a product x but your commission is 
seven percent, for instance. Yeah, that's that's an example of yeah how it okay. could how it could work. Um, but yeah, the majority is is to the member. Um, cool. So I'm guessing there's a sliding scale here of uh, what are the percentages that are given in cashback, like you discussed earlier. How do you go about that, or do they have sort of? Is it sort of not set in stone, but it, the people know what the values are in in your industry? Yeah, I mean, the advertiser sets how much they want to pay in the same way that they decide how much they want to uh, bid for keywords on Google, you know, Google advertising. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the same way, they'll say, right, uh, based on our margins, we can afford to give 10% of the sale as a reward for that company that's driven that sale for us. Okay. So we take that 10% and then we decide what we want to do with it, right? Right. So now a business approach question do you go for the companies that have like high commissions for sales and not do too many or do you just go for a like broad spectrum of companies i go for as many companies as possible because um any any company that i can give a reward for is going to be beneficial for anyone that wants a shop and i wouldn't necessarily focus on the ones that are giving the highest reward it's more probably more about the popular brands right. themselves because right. you're going to have more people that's going to be shopping via those sites right. and it makes it just makes business sense to to promote those as well but yeah at the same time try and get these the other brands that aren't being promoted try and get them at the at the front as well so that people can be aware of you know because okay. at the end of the day it's our job to try and drive sales for right. all advertisers yeah so slightly clunky analogy would be it's kind of like a department store or a general store. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you know that some things people buy all the time, but you're not going to make too much of it. But as long as people come in through the door and maybe yeah. have a look, kick the tires on something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so, okay. So that's, that's, that's the understanding. Now, how has Thailand responded to the cashback storefront? It's still really, really in its infancy. I think okay. there's still a lot of education to do yeah. here. What is a common misconception in your opinion? Uh, that it's, you know, why are you giving me money for free? Is it a scam kind yeah, of question? Yeah, I, I think that's sort of, in my mind, that would be a question. Yeah. Be like, well, what are you getting from this? Yeah. And it's skeptical. This is, this is the funny thing because um, Thai people, I think, uh, are f- familiar with cashback as a concept because yeah. it's quite common you know, credit card, debit card and property and, you know, and generally finance. But applying that cashback model into um, an online platform where you can essentially get cashback from yeah. all these different stores right. uh, is quite a new concept. So there's a lot of education that needs to be done. And okay. I think there's trust to be built as well. I think Thailand in general is still massively comfortable, I don't think, with shopping on online. And there's okay. been a few instances i think in the past where there's been fraud issues and stuff like that 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 have happened and the fact that a lot of you know many many people here just don't have the the means of paying online whether it's a credit or a debit card their penetration here is 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 so low which is why cash on delivery is so common here right um but but in the uk you know everyone's got a card so you know that that barrier immediately is gone because you've got a card and you know, you feel secure with right. using that online. So how do you cash back cash on delivery then? Do you give it on the spot or? Uh, in terms of paying my members, yeah. um, there's three ways. There's the bank transfer, which is the most trusted way of 
receiving or sending money here, which yeah. is quite quite interesting in itself. Yeah. Uh, because it's much less secure in a way. Okay. Uh, than than some other forms of payment. Um, there's prompt pay, which allows you to get paid via your mobile phone. Yeah. Um, but that's that's obviously backed by the banks and PayPal as well. Okay. So if so, the good thing with PayPal is that if you don't have a bank account here in Thailand, you, you could be someone, a foreigner maybe, or a tourist or anyone. Yeah. I can still pay you. Um, okay. I can still pay yeah. your cash back. Through PayPal transfer. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your customers here. So you've talked, you've said some stuff about educating the customer. How do you go about doing that now? I mean, it's mainly through uh, social media and, and that kind of dialogue, yeah. uh, the interaction, because you said you've got some questions like, you know, is it is it a scam, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. it gives us the opportunity to explain. I think a lot of people will be like, what are the strings that are attached? Yeah, you know, exactly. They'll be like, okay, you're saying all this, but well, what are you going to hit me with later with yeah. fine print? Yeah, so we've got, on our site, we've got a lot of, this is how it works, this is the kind of guide, this is how our business model works. Because what what I found here is that you can't, you have to explain the business model yeah. to, to the people here yeah. rather than the UK. You know, UK just... Give me the benefit. I yeah, don't care yeah, about I'm, you. I'm, I'm in, you know, yeah, there's yeah. no questions. Uh, I'll have uh, free money. That's gotcha. it. Gotcha. Whereas over here, it'd be like, okay, what? show me your hands. What are you getting? Yeah, like, it, yeah exactly. As, as long as I know what everybody's getting, I'm fine. Yeah. Is that that's sort of the mentality? Yeah. Okay. So I've got, I've got like an explainer video in English and in Thai on the site that, okay. that does that kind of explanation in a... Okay. In a more of a funky way. So do you have a sort of value, extra valuable or most valuable customers right now? Do you have like the power user of DD Cashback? Yeah, there's a mix. There's people that shop online a lot. Okay. And there's ones that maybe shop, you know, once a month. Not so common. Right. I'm sure there's there's many, many, I'm sure, that, yeah. that forget. I, it just well. occurred to me, we really yeah. haven't said DD Cashback yet. So how did you come up with the name? Sorry. Yeah, it, actually, it was my wife's suggestion because okay. DD is is good, good is oh, very right. very good in Thai. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you might you gotcha. Might, you might hear okay. that when you're out and about here. But I have actually, I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like yeah, 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 right now. Yeah, and yeah. and the fact that you know DD and cashback kind of just says what it what it does really. It's you right. know, yeah, for sure. So as soon as she said that, I was like, yeah, that that sounds great. Actually, okay. let's go with that. Sounds good. Okay, so sorry, but before I cut you off, you were explaining about some of your power users. Yeah, I mean, just going back to that, you know, power users probably come and visit the site two or three times a week uh, okay. and make a purchase. But there's, you know, that's obviously a smaller percent of users. Right, right. You know, the, the mass will, will probably shop one, two times a month, something like that, I would say. Okay. Just, yeah, depending on, on their kind of buying behavior. But like I said, online in general is such in its infancy here with making it i mean there's two there's been two kind of barriers right how do people pay and how do you get goods to people as well and yeah they, they've been pre over the last two or three years especially they've been um tackled and, and more or less solved nearly uh now as well especially logistically it's yeah it's pretty decent okay um i mean it's always been good here in the city but mm. i think it was getting people outside, outside and, to you know, in the buy country into the and stuff. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then getting the goods to them in a, in a decent way right. and an efficient way. And then obviously allowing people to pay online and making it easier for them to pay online. And, you know, the things like, you know, mobile wallets and stuff like that. And, you know, Alipay, which is just starting to really be pushed across 
okay. some of the outlets here would will definitely help and and right. get people more confident about okay because uh, i don't I, I don't i don't ever think credit and debit cards will credit maybe but that form of paying in the uk is so common i don't think it'll ever it'll ever yeah reach, I, what tends it. to happen is sometimes we skip steps it's skipped yeah exactly. i think yeah, so yeah. i think people have gone straight to mobile pay yeah. in yeah, a yeah. lot of cases for sure especially if there's a nice mobile app that does it you know yeah so mobile like alipay would be that yeah pay, for instance so coming back to this uh question of the benefit for the thai uh, customer over here from sort of your heavier users i mean i'm sure you get some of their you get their purchase activity and things like that how much do you think they can get per month like i know it's a very vast question but what's the number you think is reasonable to sort of make back through cashback as a sole source of shopping yeah i mean that's that's a difficult question to answer right because it it's is, so yeah. so fast but you might have someone that is traveling for business traveling for leisure yeah uh that is doing their their groceries online right that is buying all of their electronics clothing beauty products all online and if someone's doing that then they're and they're shopping like two three times a week you know there's yeah there's no reason why they could get you know upwards five ten thousand baht cashback quite easily wow um, in, okay. in that month yeah and then and this is just sort of the start of things in this yeah it's 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 e-commerce here is is still tiny i can't remember the next the the actual number but i think it's probably about I get think it hovers about two percent of total commerce is e-commerce at the moment, and yeah, that's compared a, to the, that's pathetically small. Yeah. It's tiny, and yeah. compared to the UK, which is you know I think fifteen plus now. I think it's 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 a crazy number. Yeah. So even though it's tiny, you can see the actual potential that e-commerce can play in in right. the coming years. So it's it's quite an exciting time, especially here in Thailand, but Southeast yeah. Asia in terms of the way that it's exploding absolutely and so far the it's you've been getting a very positive response would you say or are you just encouraged by it right now in terms of the the business as it is oh the business yeah yeah i mean we're we're continuing to grow month for month um okay. we're getting new members we're just pushing that message out as much as we can because th- this is the good thing i mean we obviously we do some some marketing efforts advertising wise right. and stuff but actually anyone's a potential customer right? right so you could you could be with your friends down the pub having a chat and yeah oh, oh you live here or oh, you shop online yeah you sh- yeah here's so, a way of earning earning yeah, saving some money give, you know? give it to us now like yeah, what, yeah. what would you say to mate at the pub that you just met you know about this well that's the first question do you shop yeah. online right and if yeah. the answer is yes then you know i've got a perfect way for you to just save a bit of money every time you shop uh and most people just get it straight away and and okay. say yeah you know i'm going to I'll join up and I'll, I'll I'll just go through your site okay that's um, cool but you know i've been i've been in s- so many random settings where i've just said do you shop online yeah you know with with anyone and such as give me on uh, nice random someone thing. that was showing me an office space okay. in in rama 9 area okay. you know <laughs> we just yeah. got chatting and i said do you shop online oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, by my kind of makeup products and stuff okay uh, and i was like all right here's a way that you can save money and, and then, then just, she, she, did she use it or yeah, yeah 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 i mean nearly all of them join up because it just 
you know, once they understand the concept, okay. it's, it's a no-brainer. I, I have another question. Um, like a regular online storefront, does it have like those holiday discounts and sale periods and things like that? Or is it just you have to buy it, sticker price, and you get cash back on that? Well, what our site does is we, we try and maximize the savings for our members. So okay. we're not only pushing the cashback message, but we're we're pushing out the offers as well that are running by the advertisers oh, great. Uh, okay. and coupons as well. And this is the, the great thing is this is all of these discounts are on t- cashback is on top of all of these on top of. All so, of this. Okay. so if you're really if you're a really savvy shopper. I'd like to think I am. Yeah. yeah. So any savvy shoppers out there yeah. hopefully are doing this already. But you know, you could come to my site and you could go to, let's say, any electronics store, for example. Okay. You know, and you get 5% cashback from me. But they're also running a 10% discount. Okay. But you've also got a credit card that gives you 10% cashback when you pay from that credit card. Okay, suddenly, so these discounts are stacking up and you can make, oh, a, okay. make so, a killing. So you are giving a cashback yourself. The credit card that you use gives you a cashback and you're getting... A twenty percent discount on a discounted item. Yeah, if there's a coupon code and okay. and the items in sale as well, for example. Okay. You know. So another smaller question: Members, do they have to have a separate account with you, or do you just put the money right back into their bank account? Yeah, I mean, what what happens usually is um, someone makes a makes a purchase that gets recorded. Yeah, we put that into their account so they can see it as as a pending order. Okay. We have to wait between four and twelve weeks. It's usually more four than twelve though. Yeah, um, just for the advertiser to make sure that that, uh, that product or order hasn't been cancelled, returned, whatever. Sure, yeah. They obviously don't want to pay yeah. money to us for stuff that's come back. Yeah. So as soon as we got the confirmation that that order's confirmed, we update the status mm-hmm. in a member's uh, profile. Yeah. Um, and when they reach 200 baht as, th- as the minimum threshold, yeah. they just click, give me my money or withdraw money, right? Okay. Uh, and they make a request and tell, tell us how much okay they want they want to be paid it that's kind of how it works with credit cards as well right they give you like yeah. a window where like okay yeah. now you have to collect all your points or your cashback yeah. points or whatever it's really cool though because it's like it's like a sort of a piggy bank i guess yeah where, yeah you know it, it, you just there's a slight alteration in the way that you shop you just come through the shop come through the the cashback site each time and you can just build up a balance and then okay. suddenly you know six months down the line hmm. oh what's my balance okay then you've got a nice you know not nice, nice of chunk money. of change over there yeah okay so, yeah, I think uh, the Thai customer might be a little bit further behind in this uh, cashback policy. About What do you feel about expats or people from other countries? Do you see them using it often as well over here? Yeah, we've got, we've got as obviously, a minority that are using um, the service that are, you know, that are ex- expats and people generally living here that, that shop online because... My site is focused primarily on on Thailand, right? Right. Even yeah. though you could theoretically, you could you know you could shop from from anywhere. You could yeah, you could yeah. be a member, but you know all of our marketing efforts is is focused in Thailand. So it tends to be people that are living here as well. But yeah, I mean they they use a service. It's mainly travel, uh, groceries. I think is more popular with expats. Again, it's probably that the fact that they're used to that kind of they've seen it before right, in their yeah. own countries and they're yeah. used to getting their groceries delivered. Yeah. So things like travel are popular with Thais and, you know, um, foreigners that are living here as well. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good mix. Uh, okay. It's a good mix of everyone. That's great. And what is the next couple of steps for you now? Like, what, is, what do you see going to be the next big steps up 
what do you do cash back so we obviously want to continue to grow at the moment um we're having some conversations about getting some money into the business okay. um, for investment or you know some some partnerships where we can essentially work closely together and and build faster um because okay. we you know th- there's such good potential for this country but not only here there's other countries as well that we've got our eyes on that we want to potentially dip it dip into gotcha um, okay but it makes sense to focus here and and get a good foothold um and get the message out there as much as we can that people yeah can just save save money every time they shop so it's more of the same i think we're just you know we want to be able to grow faster as fast as we can okay so there you have it dd cashback if you're a savvy shopper you want to make some money while shopping it's a good idea and especially if you live in bangkok i'm sure you have a lot of facilities that you can check out and use on a daily basis or a weekly basis and make some money back anything else you'd like to add anthony uh no i mean obviously thanks for listening thanks for inviting me yeah no it's great having you here i think yeah, we did it's a great uh, chat yeah we had, we learned quite a lot about cashback and affiliate marketing and ways that uh, regular schmoes like us can make a bit of money on the side side hustle yeah, exactly. it's a magic word and i totally intend to get one myself yeah all right okay thanks for joining us yes thanks a lot cheers and that's it from brood in bangkok for this episode if you like the show please go to itunes and leave it a five star rating if you would like to find out more about the show you can go to broodinbangkok.com and the website will redirect you to more information about the podcast show notes and more background information about our guests and anything else you want to know about the show or me until next time <laughs>